Hey, what's going on, good people? It's Gardner Douglas, your oyster ninja. I'm here today with uh, Chef Tater. Yeah. Uh, of, of Sea and Soul um, down in uh, South Carolina, North Charleston. Um, I got a comment on my last episode. Somebody chimed in like, yo, I've been listening to your episode for the five or 10 minutes, and I don't know where the location of this place is. So I was like, wow, that's a kind of beginner's mistake. So uh, Chef Tater, what's going on? How are you? And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, man, I'm great. First, thank you for having me. Um, so a little bit about me. I am originally from Charleston. Um, let's see, Army veteran. I've always been into cooking, uh, more so on the seafood sector of things. Um, one of my first jobs in Charleston was at a seafood market. Um, and I kind of fell in love with crabs not even eating them, but just like the, the whole science and stuff behind them. Um, so I worked in and out of restaurants, went to culinary school, and I was doing private events, catering on my own. And I just kind of got, like you said earlier, like, you know, the whole thing about having your own is you can kind of do what you want. So I was like, you know what, I want to do my own thing. So um, I got in touch with the um, commissary kitchen and is one of the most successful ghost concepts um, restaurant-wise here in Charleston, South Carolina. So we have definitely pioneered through a lot of milestones in a short span of time. Um, and yeah, I'm loving every every day of it. It's a little stressful sometimes, but it's mostly fun. So uh, here we are. So for the folks who don't know, you're kind of like just killing social media and going viral a hundred million times. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I can't keep up. But uh, so you're like famous for the... the the fried crabs, right? Yeah. So just tell me a little bit about the, the concept of your business and, um, you know, what do you guys even have on the menu? Yeah, so um, prior to me opening the restaurant, um, I literally woke up one morning and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do some fried crabs. So I went um, on James Island, which is not too far from North Charleston, and I was selling fried crabs from um, out of the spot um, there. And it was a hit from then. That was uh, last summer. And um, so we carried that same concept over to the um, ghost kitchen. And we've been killing it. So our business basically um, embodies the whole Gullah Geechee culture here in South Carolina, Charleston, the low country area. Um, so we do the classic dishes, the whiting, red rice, mac and cheese, uh, garlic shrimp, fried shrimp. Um, we have weekly specials. This past week, we did a gumbo. Um, what else? It's so much stuff. We got low country egg rolls, which is uh, crab, shrimp, corn, potato sausage, all rolled in an egg roll uh, that pairs with our Geechee sauce. Ooh, what else we got? We have seafood fritters, which Great. is crab and shrimp in a fritter that pairs with our Geechee sauce as well. The list kind of goes on, uh, but yeah. And all this is in a ghost kitchen. So like, are people coming to you? Or are you doing deliveries? We have not done a delivery yet. People come, we order online um, and then we do walk-ups. Hold on, when you say online, so that means I could get it here in DC? No. <laughs> <laughs> gotta check, gotta check. I might be able to figure something out though, but... Uh... You know, no, we just do um, online, strictly online is what we started. And then we um, grew into doing walk-up orders as well, based on the demand that we had. So, 
You spoke a little bit about the, the Gola Geechee culture. Yeah. Can, you, can you elaborate on that? Because, um, you know, through my journey and, you know, of course, growing up, I had friends um, who were from South Carolina and they was like, yeah, I'm Geechee, I'm Geechee. I'm like, what? You know, yeah, I hear you. But like, but they were like real proud to say that like that was their background, that was their culture. Um, so can you elaborate a little bit about that uh, for the listeners who don't have an idea what's going on or what that is? Absolutely. So um, essentially, uh, the Gullah Geechee culture is um, the closest thing that we have to our ancestors from the West African, from West Africa. Um, and it's literally from what I can say to just sum it up real small, it's basically using what you got and making it absolutely amazing. Um, and I, if I just had one sentence that I could use, that's literally our culture. It's about family, fellowship, love. Um, and it's amazing. It's a beautiful thing. That's why people are proud to be, uh, you know, the Gullah Geechee culture. Growing up, what was it like growing up um, uh, in that culture and in South Carolina? Yeah. Well, for me, it was... Um, always what really got me into it is the fellowship and the love part um so it was hanging out with my mom we would go to the flea market we go to markets go shopping for sunday dinner we would be in the kitchen on saturdays prepping which i didn't think it was prepping in but we were literally like just prepping you know snapping peas cutting collard greens peeling shrimp you know what i mean um and uh my grandma, I remember my grandma being there, kind of leading that whole production. Um, so come Sunday, everybody from the church would come over to my grandma's house. We set the table, whether you're stranger or you family, you're sitting at the table enjoying great food, um, fellowshipping, and it's just all love. I'm, I'm just thinking about, like, you got me sitting here reminiscing about, uh, <laughs> you know, when I was younger and my grandma and, you know, something similar uh, as far as the the community like just a community and family and everybody is coming together and having a good time and everybody helping each other and bringing what they got to put with what you got and it, it, that was so beautiful um then now this is leading up to my question um oh i was leading up because my grandma in the kitchen is like some of the things like she would cook like i feel like i'll never be able to taste again or eat again um if, do, do you have any similar stories or uh, thoughts about that? Like uh, maybe even a recipe, like you just can't um, pinpoint, like what's that missing ingredient? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think, um, well, my grandma, little rest her soul, she's gone on now, but I do have my mom. And um, one thing that I do now is because uh, my mama got this mean, my mama got a lot of mean recipes that I just don't know, like, golly. What you did? How you? What else you put in there? And I can't ever figure it out. But now that we are in the kitchen, because my mom um uh, helps me in the kitchen um at the restaurant, so I'll be telling her, "Hey, you make it, I'ma write it." <laughs> so I'm just trying to now just you know get those recipes down because they are um it's a once in a lifetime type of thing. If you can actually be able to duplicate that recipe, it's more than just the dish it's the feeling that you feel when you eat it it's the feeling that you feel when you're prepping it and you're cooking it so you know it's just more than just the consumption of the dish it's everything around it for me yeah i mean i get it like even i mean i'm, I'm thinking about like when i 
you know, bite into a slice of pie. You know, I'm not just eating that slice of pie. I'm, I'm imagining my grandma in the kitchen, you know, mashing those potatoes, you know, putting that right. her spin on the, 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 the vanilla extract. And then like, give me some of that coconut extract and get me. I'm like, you know, but, and she's just pouring, you know, no measure. Right. No, no, Ain't no measure nothing. Yeah. <laughs> just give me a little bit of that and give me some of that too. And so, so I, I get you. And I, you know, all those memories are like coming back now and it's, it's, it's just wonderful. And even like smells, you know, I can smell stuff in the mm -hmm. kitchen. Like, it's like, you know, what's funny. Um, she did this, um, oyster, I mean, not oyster. She did a clam fritter that is like crazy. Mm -hmm. And like the first, I think the first time that I tried it, I was like, that's pretty daggone good. That's pretty close. That's pretty <laughs> close. Like it just, you know, it brought it back. And I was like, oh, almost there, almost there. What do you think the, um, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna ask you this question only because people always ask me this question. Um, what did the military do for your um, your mindset and the way you view things now? I always um, pay attention. Always, right, right. I bring it back to um, I was like, you know, yeah, the military did a lot of things, but um, I think that it was more so my grandmother. I always give her the credit, like because she raised me. I'm like, yeah, she. The military taught me great things, but I had already learned them at home. Right. <laughs> no, I, I definitely can you know? agree on that. I think for me, I, I totally agree with you. It just put the nail on the, on the head. It just kind of solidified a lot of things. Like there isn't getting around structure and, you know, discipline and, and all those things that the military teaches you. Because once you get in there, you'd be like, I already, like, I already know this. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? So... No, I still appreciate um, the military, though. I still right. appreciate them. The biggest lesson that I got, or the biggest lesson that I got and that I saw, is, you know, it basic training made everybody start from ground zero. Not it didn't matter where you came from, how much money you got in the bank, you know, who right. your parents are. Everybody was zero, you know, and I think that humbled a lot of people. And for the ones who it didn't humble, I mean. It was a long road of basic training. You oh, know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let, let's go back to these crabs um, because let's do it. I've heard fried crabs for a long time. Of course, I love soft shell crabs, but you're actually frying hard shells, right? Mm -hmm. So how did how did this start? Where like when did you first have it, and how did you know it was going to be a hit? Like a thing, it would work. Uh. So when I first got out of the military, I started uh, working at the seafood market and they were doing fried crabs. And I was like, okay, cool. And I saw then that it was a pretty big hit. Like as soon as we would fry a dozen, we would need two dozen more. And so I was like, okay, cool, whatever. I think y'all recipe needs a little tweaking, but I'm going to do it the way y'all want me to do it. <laughs> and then some odd years later, I'm like, you know what? Let me just spin the block back on this, this idea and let me try my hand at it. Um, tried it one time and that was it. It was over. It was a wrap. I don't know what it is about Charleston folks. They could have crab a thousand different ways and they still gonna love it. Still gonna love it. Fry them, stew them, steam them, crack them. <laughs> it, it's still gonna be a hit. But um, I think what separates my fried crab is is um, the flavor. The flavor, the breading. It looks too good to eat. 
sometimes, you know what I mean? But even when you crack that crab, the flavor is all the way in the meat. Like we marinated them or something. I don't I don't even know how, how I pulled it off, but God is good. It just works, right? <laughs> you don't question it. You just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> so um do you eat the whole crab? No. You eat fried crabs, the hard shell crabs the same way you would eat a regular um hard shell crab, except you just grab some of that crust off as you eating the meat with it and then you know, you just go to town like that. Now I do know one guy that eats the whole crab. I don't know how he does it, but hey, he got a mean digestive system, I guess. Right. <laughs> it's funny because like I, I I imagine like my mom would be that person who eats the whole thing because she was the first person first person that I saw eat a whole shrimp like just steamed shrimp like I'm like what? And you chomping on the shell like it's nothing like. What you don't eat the shell? I'm like no, nobody eats no. the shell. <laughs> um, like I said, a lot of like I've seen a lot of media pick up, you know, your business and your story, and that's awesome. Um, what's some of the the highlights that stick out for you? I don't think I can pick. I think I'm grateful for every opportunity, um, whether it's on a platform like this or whether it's been a news interview that I've done or if it's just a customer that has had the food and calls me and is like, yo, it's so amazing. I think all of them mean just the most to me. I don't have like a, Look you know. Being humble. Look at you. <laughs> no, I'm serious though. Like I don't, I really don't because um, it's all love to me um, and love is love. Where, uh, where do you see a business going in the next, or, you know, what are your goals for the business going into the new year and beyond? Um, my goal for the business is to, for me to continue to just stay focused on the food and stay focused on the craft and, and continue to grow in that. Um, I would love, the original plan was to have a food truck, but you know, we can plan all we want to. <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm, I'm just down for the ride. I'm enjoying the journey for what it is. I'm not in a rush to get to um, the end destination. I'm just enjoying it, enjoying the people, uh, my vendors, my crabbers, my shrimpers, uh, everybody. I'm just enjoying it, trying to stay true to the craft. What's the What's the hardest part about the journey? You might think I'm joking. It's literally going to sleep late and then having to wake up and do it all over again. It kind of gets a little fatigued, but then it's like, you know what? I actually love this. Let's go. After I get over that little hurdle of... <sighs> It's actually all worth it. Um, I don't think that I have like this really, really, really hard part that I just kind of avoid per se. I think I love it all. After I get up, after right, I wake right. up and right. <laughs> press out your eyes and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like I know um, sometimes, you know, just as far as like the supply chain and all that good stuff. Um, how do you, you know, go about getting the crabs and stuff like that? Um. Business relationships, nurturing a business relationship like any other business relationship, like any other relationship. Um, there has been a couple times where, you know, with crabbers, sometimes you got to wait. And then it's like, uh, how long? <laughs> uh, but either way, they always come through for me. I I don't think I've had a day in service yet where I just haven't had any crabs at all. Um, so that's in itself a blessing. 
Um, but yeah, it's just really nurturing those business relationships, um, staying true to who I am and people tend to love me. So, you know, they are willing to go above and beyond. <laughs> That's amazing. That's what happens when you treat people right though. For sure. You For know, sure. um, I'm just thinking like, like the Chesapeake Bay Crabbers, but, uh, what, um, do you only use like, uh, South Carolina crabs or do you use North Carolina, Florida? Does it matter? It does matter to me. Um, some of my best crabs that I've ever came across comes from John's Island. Um, but sometimes I can't always get those crabs. And then I'll go to another vendor who I know gets them from Georgia. They aren't my absolute favorite, but they get the job done. Um, but ain't nothing like a low country crab. I will tell you that. I know um, up here we call them... Um... Like they got some that's called like Texas bulls and then they got some that's called like mud dogs and all kinds of names for crabs. Do y'all do that down in South Carolina also? If they do, well, I will say if they do, if they do that and I'm talking to a vendor, they'll just say, yeah, Georgia crabs, Virginia crabs, this crab, you know, I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> so I know just far as like your social media pictures, I mostly see like extra large and jumbos and, you know, some large, but are they... Like all number ones, or do you? Does it matter if they're ones, twos, jumbos? Does it matter? I prefer the big daddies. Okay. <laughs> okay. But you know, because they're 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 bigger, they're better, mm -hmm. more meat, less work. Um, but sometimes I try to get both, just because you know, for the price of the the smaller ones, you get more. And then some people just prefer that, but I prefer the um, the jumbos myself. Um, I'm not gonna keep you much longer, but I do want to ask: like when you were first starting out, how did you market this? Because I know you said they were a hit and it worked, but like, how did you market? How did know people? How did people know to come to you? How did they know that you was a crab club? So, um, I was always a food dealer prior to me becoming um, Tater C and Soul. So I was already out there and people already knew where to get the good food from. Um, and I, was, I had already kind of paved my own way in the seafood lane. And then when I got Tater C and Soul, I hired the best marketing company in South Carolina, Emerald Digital Co. Um, and after I did that, it was over. Let me ask you a question, because a lot of people, you know, especially in um, business, they don't know when, when to, and also they don't know maybe even how to, um, when it's time to like invest in yourself to go to that marketing company or go to that, you know, whoever, somebody else to handle their social media, somebody else to handle, like it could be anything, their finances or how did you know it was time? Like, look, I need to, I can't do this by myself. I need to reach out and get a little extra push. Um, I would say for me, um, it was the elevation of the next level. I knew that certain things that I had done as a food dealer, I couldn't do at Tater C and Soul because it would have kept me at a plateau. Um, and at that point, I just knew, um, yeah, it's time. To, if we're going to turn up, we ain't going to half do it. <laughs> So if the food is already perfected for the most part, then let's look um, look around that 
and what's around it is the marketing. It's a social media day and age. So that's when, you know, the marketing um, team came in place and led the way. Very cool. That makes sense. Uh, any advice you would give for a new business owner, um, you know, trying to just start something that they're really passionate about? Um, stay true to yourself. Stay true to your brand. Um, don't look to the left or to the right of you to see what somebody else is doing because it's not going to work. It, it, what works for other people is not going to work for you and your brand as an individual. Um, people like uniqueness people like you know something different um so just stay true to you stay true to who you are and um if it goes wrong keep going <laughs> pushing try try again what keeps you motivated and keeps you pushing to the next thing ultimately what i'm doing makes me proud of me um that's the ultimate thing. Um, and I know for a fact that my grandma was still here, she would be so, 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 so proud. So that's another thing that's just like, man, all right, just keep going no matter what. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Whatever I thought that I um, needed, I already possess. And that I carry that through every level um, and just keep going. That's wonderful. Love it. Um, let's just lead off, leave off with um, where people can find your business, find you on social media, all that good stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tater C and Soul. Um, you can check out the website at taterseeandsoul.com. Subscribe to the newsletter and be the first one to get specials, um, the deals for the week. Um, or you could give me a call at 843-996-2364. We are located at 3555 Dorchester Road, North Charleston, South Carolina inside the ghost kitchen. <laughs> well, again, I appreciate you for taking your time out and sitting down with the Oyster Ninja podcast and the listeners. And um, I wish you all the success. Keep pushing, keep grinding. I see it in your eyes, Word. the eye of the tiger, <laughs> all the good stuff. But um, I love it. And hopefully when I'm down there in South Carolina, I'm gonna stop by and get me some fried crabs. And that uh that man, I gotta come to DC. Too. Man. Come up to DC. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not the best host, but I can steer you in the right place. 